You're listening to Uniquely Beautiful Stories with Heather McIneer, a place for you to find encouragement to fully live your uniquely beautiful life. Friends, welcome back to the Uniquely Beautiful Stories podcast. I'm your host, Heather McIneer, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. I want to thank you for joining me each week as we bring you messages of redemption and beauty from real life stories in hopes that you will find encouragement to go out and fully live your own uniquely beautiful story. Our podcast is brought to you by Cedar Creek Dental Associates. If you're near Oklahoma City looking for quality dental care, be sure to check out their website at okcsmile.com. I promise you'll find an amazing staff, a gorgeous office, and most importantly, excellent dental care to keep you smiling for years to come. Also, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, it would mean so much if you would subscribe to our podcast, give us a review and or a rating, and pass on an episode to a friend so that others can hear these uniquely beautiful stories. Friends, you're listening to episode 29, and your guest is me. (laughs) If you remember, back in December, I did a solo episode entering into the Advent season, and so we're going to do something similar here as we start the Lent season. I'd love to tell you that a year ago when I launched this podcast baby into the world, that this was a big master plan, but it actually was not. (laughs) It just happened this way along the way as the Lord leads and guides with each and every episode. And he put on my heart back in December to share about the Advent season. And then again this week, as I was praying about the podcast and thinking about our next couple of episodes he began to put a message on my heart to share with you, the listeners. So I hope you enjoy this solo episode, and I promise next episode we will have another guest sitting across from the mic, and you will be able to hear another uniquely beautiful story. So some of you might be like me, and I didn't grow up in a home or a church that celebrated and observed the Lent season. And so for me, Easter was just simply a really fun Sunday celebration. Loved it. Loved Easter. Loved everything about it. Um, But it really just consisted of that one day until several years ago, our pastor introduced the Lent season as a time, a special time to set aside and be observed for 40 days. And I mean, when I say several years ago, I mean in the last 10 to 15 years. So I was at least near 30, if not already in my 30s, when I began observing Lent. And as a newbie, you can imagine there was a lot of learning. I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't exactly sure what the season was going to mean, but I am a celebrator. I love seasons. I love letting things, birthdays, anniversaries, any special day, stretch out for days, spend the whole weekend, spend a whole week (laughs) celebrating someone or something. And so honestly, when our pastor said we're going to introduce something new, Uh, to the congregation and began telling us about this whole season to be savored and to think about, meditate on the death of our Savior. Honestly, for me, it was a very easy sell. Uh, I jumped in with both feet and I was excited to learn and to grow and um, even talking about the fast of the Lent season. And so all the things involved with Lent were new to me. They've now become part of our, our normal church calendar and family calendar, but at the very beginning, it was very new. So I'd love for you to listen as I share the way that the Lord has changed my heart and really grown in me. I love and the hope for the season to be and do everything in me that the Lord would want it to do. Um, And so first of all, let me just give you a little bit of of history, backstory. Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, which this year that is March the 6th, and then it concludes on Easter Sunday. 
And so it is 40 days total. You don't count the Sundays. So it's really, I guess, 47 days. But on Sunday, you break the fast if you're fasting from something. And because we didn't grow up in this tradition, my husband at first was like, is this just a way of cheating and saying, I really don't want to have my fast anymore. And so he was pretty hardcore about keeping his fast, even on Sundays uh, for the first couple of years. But then our pastor shared with us in a message, the reason for that. And, and the reason for breaking the fast on Sunday is that Sunday is our celebration day. And that is the day that believers everywhere celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, because traditionally Saturday was the Sabbath. But after Jesus rose, the believers moved their Sabbath or their worship day to Sunday because of that incredible work, the incredible miracle, and the pinnacle of our entire faith as believers. And so Sunday is now our celebration day. It's a day that we gather together as believers and we worship Jesus. And, and it, it should, it really should be every Sunday a reminder of Easter Sunday and the reason that we celebrate. And so we don't count the, the Sundays in the 40-day fast. And many people choose to give up a food, maybe a type of food, maybe um, an activity, possibly something like social media. Um, really, the fast itself is not the focal point, but what is the focal point is the impact that a fast will have on our hearts. And, and what a fast does really is it provides multiple opportunities every day for us to, first of all, identify with Christ in sacrifice as we say no to something that hopefully has become part of your routine day. Hopefully the fast you choose would be something that you partake in every day, whether that's giving up soda or bread or sugar or breakfast every day, but it's giving up something that has become a part of your day so that every time you are about to have that meal or you are reaching to have that item of food that you're not going to have anymore, you will remind it, oh, I'm fasting from that. And not just for the sake of like legalistic, like, oh, we're just fasting just to say no, but the point and the purpose of the fast is to remind us of the sacrifice of our Savior. It's to posture our hearts in gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. And so every time, if you've given up Dr. Pepper, every time you are craving one or you're at a restaurant thinking about ordering one or you pass by Sonic and you think you might want to order something to get you through the afternoon or whatever it is, but each and every time you remember, I'm saying no to this because... What Jesus gave up is so much greater. And I remember when we first began fasting, uh, it was so hard for me to choose what I was going to fast from that first year. And I actually do think it was Dr. Pepper years ago. That was kind of my vice in my life was daily Dr. Peppers to get through, get me through the long afternoons with toddlers. But um, I remember thinking like nothing that I could give up truly mirrors what Jesus gave up. And there's no fast on this earth that I can choose that even comes close to what our Savior gave up. And, and so I really struggled with choosing a fast that, in my mind, <laughs> big enough, good enough, you know, to be a gift and offering to our Savior. But even that first year, and as the years have gone on, the Lord has confirmed in my heart that it's not the, the size or the magnitude of the fast, because in all honesty, nothing that we could fast from on this earth would actually equal <laughs> what Jesus gave up for us in giving his life for us. But what it is, is it's a reminder. It's a posture of our heart each day to deny ourselves, to practice patience and self-control and self-denial. And as we do that, we are able to identify with Christ in his sacrifice, in his suffering. The other thing I have found is that as silly as it may sound, by giving something up 40 days before Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday has become such a time of joy. I've always been a celebrator. I've always loved holidays and I have loved 
the menu and, you know, inviting family over or planning what our family is going to do. And I love everything about holidays and celebrations. And so Easter was no different. But since observing the fast and since taking 40 days to think about what Jesus did for us, many years I've read the accounts through the gospel of his life in those weeks leading up, his ministry, and then his suffering, and his sacrifice, and then his resurrection. And and so really like chronicling the life of Christ leading up to Easter. And, and so it's it's just kind of letting our hearts marinate on all that Christ did for us and what it should mean to us daily. You know, the impact of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us can become just a little bit less powerful as the years that go by if we don't pause and take time to really soak it in. And so for me, that's what this fasting season has done. And so Easter morning, although it was always a special holiday since observing Lent, it has really become a morning bursting with joy. It's really the only way I can I can say it. But thinking about the sacrifice, thinking about the suffering, thinking about the death of Christ for all those days leading up has made the truth of his resurrection so much sweeter. And it's not just because now on Easter Sunday you get to partake in whatever you've been fasting from. It's not that simple act, but it is the act of denying yourself and identifying with Christ at a deeper level. I feel like it really does make the celebration of Easter ring so much more true in each of our hearts. And so for our family, it's been such a fun and really special addition to our calendar each year. And I will say it feels so different than the Advent season where we're looking forward to the wonderful birth of our Savior. You know, there's a somberness in thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus for 40 days. It's not the same feeling. And that, I think, is a good thing, actually. It is a time to take our eyes off of ourselves and to put our eyes on Christ. And even the fast in and of itself is a time to take our eyes off of ourselves. I would encourage you that if your mind is in your heart or trying to think about what to fast from, and you have an immediate thought of what you could get out of it, and that is human. If your human nature immediately thinks of what you could gain from the fast, I would highly recommend choosing something else because the fast in and of itself is not to be a self-centered action, but it's actually an action that hopefully focuses our attention on the Lord. Now, there's no shame in healthy eating, and there's no shame in adding healthy practices to our calendar, but let's do those in light of, hey, I'm trying to be healthy or not in light of this is going to be my Lent fast. Um, So setting up the Lent season, that's how it looks. It begins on Ash Wednesday. It ends on Easter Sunday. You also have Good Friday, which is two days before Easter Sunday. And we have a really special service at our church where, again, we're just, it's kind of that last poignant opportunity to really soak in the brutal suffering of Jesus and to think about what really happened on that Good Friday. And And like I said, it's so easy for us as believers looking backwards to kind of gloss right over what happened on the Friday because we know the ending and we know that Jesus didn't stay dead. And his resurrection is the thing that we celebrate most in our faith. It means everything to us. And so it is very easy to gloss past the death of Jesus. But I have really appreciated taking time to attend a Good Friday service and to really think just about the suffering of Jesus before the true celebration on Easter Sunday. Even the music in our church is more somber at the Good Friday service. And then on Easter Sunday, the music is so celebratory and the atmosphere. And it's just, it is a day just bursting with joy. It's the only way that I can say it. And so now that I've set up the Lent season for you, I wanted to give you just kind of a personal illustration that the Lord brought to my mind this week. And then I'm going to end with a couple of resources. And along with this podcast episode, just like we did for Advent, 
we are going to provide a Spotify playlist for the Lent season, and then I'm going to link up an article or two and a couple of reading plans that I really like just with the notes here in case anyone wants to jump in. And Lent does kick off March the 6th. Of course, if you miss that date, just jump in whenever you can. But anyone who wants to join us on this uh, journey during Lent season would absolutely love it. And so please do check out the playlist. Um, And if you have chosen a reading plan or have one that you love, I'd love for you to share that in the comments and let us know how you are spending your, your Lent season too. Um, so here's the the story that the Lord brought to my heart this week as I was thinking about Lent and just praying through and thinking about what I hope the Lord would do over the 40 days. And as strange as it might sound, the Lord brought my mind to my kitchen stove. <laughs> yeah, my kitchen stove, kitchen appliances. Now, this is truly the life of a mom where something truly spiritual and impactful would be connected to something so every day, <laughs> just as life where I am. But I was started thinking about my stove for a few reasons. So we've lived in this house that we're in for about 10 years. It'll be 10 years this summer. And when we first moved in, I was so excited about the stove because it's a gas stove and it is professional grade. So it's really large and it has four burners. And then in between the four burners is a griddle. So you can make pancakes or you can saute some veggies or whatever you wanted to do. But it's got this huge griddle in the middle and then four burners on either side. So I guess whoever built this house just really liked to cook. So they put a top-notch chef's stove in this house. So, of course, that's not me. I am uh, not a top-notch chef, but I was impressed by the stove nonetheless. So the other thing that this stove has is this a little hole in the middle. Below the griddle, there's like a stainless steel um, lip, and there is a hole about three inches in diameter. So what I noticed early on is that when you're cooking, little specks of food will get around the surface, just happens with any stove, but you can push those crumbs down through this tiny little hole. And so for an embarrassing long amount of time, and I'm not going to tell you how long because it, it truly is an embarrassingly long amount of time, I would just simply push all those crumbs from cooking down in that hole in the stove, not even thinking about where it went. I mean, I guess... You know, 10 years ago, I was in the throes of young motherhood. So let's see, I had a two-year-old, four-year-old, and seven-year-old. So I guess in my head, out of sight, out of mind, I'll push these crumbs down there, and the magic crumb fairy will come and take care of our food that has been thrown down this hole. I don't know. But it was quite a bit of time went by that I had not taken a look at what was inside the deep, dark area that was the hole. Well, it's so easy. There's a drawer that's just below, like two inches below where that little hole is. And if you pull the drawer out, that holds all the crumbs, all of the spillovers from, you know, if someone's making soup and it spills over or the most most often thing here with my kids is mac and cheese, boiling the noodle water and it boils over. And so the water pours out. Well, all those kinds of spills would go down and they would land in this little tray as well as all of the crumbs that we had stuffed down there for years. So one day, I don't know what came over me, probably a mom thing, but every now and then I'll just get a desire like out of body experience. It takes over me and it's like I have to clean a certain area in the house. It just it's like it's reached boiling point. No pun intended for the stove. It's reached the point that I cannot handle it any longer and I will just go after whatever area of the house this is and My husband says he gets a little scared when he sees that look in my eyes and I'm just going for it. But let me be clear, this does not happen very often. Um, But when it does, I I go to town. So 
this particular day, I don't know what it was that sparked the interest of cleaning this area, but I pulled that tray out and I was just horrified by how much junk was in that tray. There were crumbs of all kinds, little pieces of food of all kinds, and then just big marks from spills. It was so gross, but also at the exact same time, it was so satisfying because I knew that this was going to be a really good cleaning project and I was going to be able to finish this. This was attainable. I could start it, I could finish it, and the end result was going to be so good. So picture with me, this is like a 30 inch by 26 inch surface. So it's a huge piece of stainless steel, basically covered in disgusting food. I, I really had not thought to clean this, this thing. So when I saw it, I was horrified, but also at the same time, I was excited because this was going to be a really meaningful and self-satisfying project because, you know, as a mom, you love the, the projects that you can like start and finish and you have a good result. So I, I pull this drawer all the way out. I take it to the sink and I begin first just scraping off all the loose food. And it came off really easily. It was just little pieces of food that had just been sitting there just ready to be removed. And so easily just brushing these crumbs into the sink. Well, then I sat down on my kitchen floor with this huge piece of stainless steel and a cloth and a dry towel and some cleaner because this stainless steel surface itself was going to take a lot more elbow grease because of all the sauces and things that had kind of hardened onto the surface. And so I began spraying and cleaning and scrubbing and it really was a satisfying experience because all of this began to come up and underneath it was this shiny stainless steel surface. And by the end of this time, I could literally see my reflection in the surface. I, first of all, before I put the drawer back, what any good woman would do, I called my husband in to brag and show him how beautiful our new clean stove pan was. Called my children in and showed them how clean it was and then talked to them about spillover situation. And then I put the, the uh, pan back under my stove. And I will tell you that I have done a much better job being diligent about keeping that thing looking clean because there's something about once you know how dirty a thing can get and how much work it took to clean it, it motivates you to want to keep it clean. And so, yes, days will go by, sometimes weeks will go by, but regularly I will pull that drawer out and I will scrub it and it takes so much less time. So you might be wondering, okay, thanks for telling us about your cleaning project, but what does this have to do with Lent? And as I was thinking this week about preparing my heart for the Lent season, I, I really almost immediately just thought about that stove and that whole process. And to me, that mirrors what I hope the Lent season does for my heart. We all get so busy, the daily grind where our schedules are full and we know there's things that we need to deal, to deal with in our soul. There are things that are weighing us down. There are things that we know that we need to talk to the Lord about, things we need to confess, things that we need help and accountability with. And sometimes we can get so busy that we just brush it off and move on. A thought comes to our head or um, a subject comes up in conversation or there's just that prick of conviction, just that gentle voice of the Holy Spirit talking to us, drawing us to deal with something, and we move right on. We don't want to take the time. Maybe we don't have the time in that moment, truly, but we don't circle back around. And it becomes like all those little pieces of food. Just shove, just shove it down. It's out of sight, out of mind. And that works for a little while. I'll be honest. We can do that. We can move on with our lives, brush things aside, shove things down. But it only works for so long. And we begin to feel that boiling point. We begin to feel that gentle draw of the Holy Spirit. Come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest from strife, rest from struggling, rest from sin, 
rest from shame and guilt, rest from brokenness. He calls us. He wants us to live in wholeness. He wants our hearts to be a reflection of his, shiny and new, where we see his face when we look at our hearts. And the only way that can happen is if we stay consistently real and raw before the Lord. The funny thing is, often we run from that. We run from getting honest with the Lord. We run from those exposing times of prayer where we're confessing our struggles and our sins and our shortcomings. We hide from that. I think we do that because we feel embarrassed or ashamed that we're still so human and we're still dealing with the same things that we've always dealt with. But the interesting thing is that the Lord knows. He knows anyway, and He's calling us gently to scrub off those stains. That's who He is. It says in Psalm 51, 7, that He will wash us whiter than snow. That's who He is, and it's what He wants to do in each of our hearts. And honestly, that's my prayer for this Lent season, is that it could be a heart-cleansing time, that as I sit before the Lord, He'll bring things to mind. He'll bring thoughts and feelings and motivations to the surface that maybe I hadn't even recognized. Maybe I've been shoving down and pushing aside. And I want to ask him over the next 40 days to bring things to my mind so that together he and I can deal with them, that I can begin to repair any brokenness, that I can begin to repent of anything that's holding me back, anything that's got too high of a place in my heart. You know, the Lord calls that idolatry, and it's such a serious word. We don't even like to use it, but really anything that has too big of a position in our heart, we're beginning to make an idol. And so that's what I hope this 40 days becomes. It's just a time to have a good heart and soul scrubbing from the Lord, to spend time thinking about Him, fasting, praying, asking Him to make my heart more like His, and also asking Him to just ignite me with a wonder over what the Lord did. That same type of wonder that I get during the Christmas season as I think forward and think about Christmas and the coming of our Savior I want that same wonder to come as I think about the fact that Jesus did come for us and that that baby that we celebrate during Christmas and during the Advent season grew into a man who had a ministry on this earth, who came to heal the sick, raise the dead, open the eyes of the blind, break the shackles from those who are bound up. He is the one who can forgive us fully, completely, cleanse us, whiter than snow. He is the one who can carry our burdens. He's here And he conquered death for each one of us so that we can know him here on earth, but also that we can know him and be with him in eternity. And so that's my prayer for you. Um, If you'll join me with the Lent season, I'm going to be doing it. And I've just shared with you my motivation, my inspiration, and the prayer that I have for myself. And I'll be praying that that exact same prayer over all of you. If you are joining me on the Lent journey, I'd love for you to call me and reach out. Just let me know. And I do hope that you'll take time to listen to the Spotify playlist, that you'll be encouraged with that. Um, And I'm going to link up a couple of reading plans because I have found it so meaningful to have specific and intentional times in the Word, reading about the life of Jesus, reading some of the prophecies from the Old Testament, mixed with the fact that He fulfilled all of those in the New Testament. Over 300 prophecies were completely fulfilled in Christ. There's so many meaningful things that we can read during the Lent season. And so if you have a favorite, I would definitely love for you to share that with me. And I'm going to share some with you. Thanks so much for spending this few minutes with me and allowing me to share my heart and my prayer for Lent with you all. I am so encouraged by this community here at Uniquely Beautiful Stories. And I promise next week we'll have another guest here and we will share 
her story, but until then, I hope that you will go out and fully live your one uniquely beautiful story. Thank you for listening to Uniquely Beautiful Stories with Heather McInear. Share this podcast with a friend and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now go live your own story.